This is Dawn Schuler, Certified Trainer and Business Consultant at The Schuler Group with the People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. So here we are into the second week of April at the time of this recording. And for most of us, not necessarily an end in sight during the COVID-19 situation. Most of us are sheltering in place. We are limiting our social contact various things going on. Some people haven't left their house in three weeks. Some people are only leaving their houses in order to get necessary groceries. Other people are being a little bit more laid back about it. But whatever the case, this situation is certainly affecting our lives. And we're in an unprecedented time where things are changing not just on a daily basis, but sometimes an hourly basis. It's April, as I said, and I just saw an article from our state superintendent of schools that said school districts should probably prepare for remote learning into the fall. It's April. And they're already saying, well, maybe we'll have to be doing this in the fall. What the article also said is, Learning, schooling will never be the same again. And I've been saying that as well. We're going to come out of this different. We will have learned things. Who knows what all those things will be? We can't predict them. We can maybe predict what will happen next week. We can maybe predict what might happen in two weeks. But six months, even a year down the line, We will look back and say, wow, what life is like now is probably a direct result of the changes we were going through during that period of time. And that's all great on an intellectual level. We understand things are changing. We understand we need to adapt. Things we thought were non-negotiable and impossible are now negotiable and possible. I talked about that in one of my recent episodes on what will we learn from this. What we may not be acknowledging quite as well is that there's an emotional component. There's general worry and tension. Some people are separated from their families. Some people are actually quarantined in their houses away from their family. So they're in their room And they're not coming out to see the rest of their families because of whatever situation they're in that is making it so that they should be quarantining away from them. We don't know what to expect. We don't know what life is going to be like tomorrow, next week, next month. Goodness, next year. Life will be different. It's a constant shifting. And that does take its toll on us. And what we're finding is that this particular situation, um, one of our masterminds, they brought up the fact that one of their trainings that they attended, instead of calling it this time of crisis, was calling it this time of pause. And I can see both points. It is a time of pause and it is a time of crisis because we're having to shift things drastically that we wouldn't have to if we were really just pausing. 
what happens during this time is that it's an intensifier, an accelerant. So it is exposing issues that were probably always issues, but now have come to the fore much more rapidly. So how do you navigate these turbulent waters? How do you position yourself and your organization so that you can come out on the other side stronger than before? You can choose to sink in fear, in the muck, in knee-jerk reactions, or you can put in motion an action plan to rise above it and come out even stronger. Whether we're talking this time (laughs) that we're living in, these very interesting times, or quote-unquote normal life, most people naturally do a knee-jerk reaction and don't plan for the future. So now, with COVID-19, they have an excuse to be in survival mode. The unfortunate truth is that most people are always in that mode. They're always reacting. They're always doing some sort of knee-jerk reaction as opposed to being proactive and taking initiative. So now we need to be as proactive as possible. You have to plan for your future, your future survival as well as thriving. I really wish thrival was a word because that would work so much better with survival. So I've put together this five-step model for coming out stronger on the other end of this situation and really any situation. The trick is none of this is new. None of this that I'm going to be promoting is something brand new that you've never had to do before. Honestly, all five elements of this model, all of us should be practicing regularly. All right, so five elements. The first element is self-care. If we think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the very bottom level of that pyramid is survival, food, shelter, survival. The thing is, most of us in first world countries don't have to be focusing on that level. We're at the upper levels of the hierarchy normally. We're thinking about relationships and we're thinking about self-actualization, our mission, our purpose, because our first level of that hierarchy, those you know, shelter, food, etc., those are taken care of. Well, now we're worried about, can we get enough toilet paper? Can we get enough food? Are we safe going to the grocery store? Do I need to wear a mask? Do I need to wear gloves? Will I get sick? Will I die? Now granted, these are always possibilities. We could always come into contact with someone who is very sick and we could contract that and we could die. Or there's some other disease in us that could 
when it's time and then we're done. The world could crash. These are always possibilities, but we don't live in that realm. Now, we're looking at that realm in a way most of us have not ever had to. I'm not saying that we should be there or we shouldn't be there. We're just there. We're thinking about things on that first level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs that we have never, most of us, have had to think about. So what that means is self-awareness is more crucial than ever. We have to understand that that's what we're doing. We have to understand that we're focused on these basic issues of survival in a way that we never have before. And so that drains our energy. That is taking our focus. Along with, of course, we're stuck at home. And some of us who are extroverts are really struggling because they thrive on interaction with other people that's maybe beyond their significant other and their dogs and their cats. How do you handle that? First, you be self-aware. You understand what you're feeling, what you're going through, that it's different. Don't try to stuff what you're feeling. Acknowledge it and feel it. I like to use the analogy of trying to push a beach ball under the water in a pool. And if you've ever tried to do that, and even if you haven't, I bet you can imagine what happens. You push and you push and you push and you get it under the water and then all of a sudden you can't hold it under the water anymore and it doesn't just come to the surface, it bursts out of the pool water. If you try to stuff your emotions, eventually there will be that explosion out of the water. One of the questions I've been asking people is what are you learning about yourself? And I talked about this in the episode on what are we all going to learn from this? And what I've learned, or I'll, I'll repeat what I said in that episode, as well as more of what I've learned, is that I need more time to myself. And so I'm having to find more creative ways to do that in a, in a household that's doubled in people and cats. The additional thing I'm learning is that communication is more important than ever, which is kind of funny to say because our entire company is based on effective, positive communication. And so I'm having to pull out everything I know and believe in during this time because what might have been sufficient before honestly is not. We need to communicate more and we need to communicate effectively with compassion. The second element to this model of navigating turmoil is that whole piece, communicating effectively and with compassion. Just a few minutes before this episode that I'm recording, we had a family meeting. It was probably about an hour long, so we ended it just a few minutes ago. But it was, okay, we've, we're now three to four to five weeks into this. 
what do we need? Because what we might have needed when this first started is now changing and is now different because it's not ending anytime soon. My daughter and her boyfriend, who are now living with us until until whenever, well, now it's until whenever instead of, well, a couple of weeks. Things have changed. So what does that mean about our needs? What do we need? What do we want? And how can we give back? So we're actually talking about putting, you know, some sort of chart or a whiteboard up on the wall with those areas that we can all add to and say, here's what I need. Here's what I'd really like. And here's how I can help. It's important to communicate what are your expectations? And here are my expectations. What do you need? Here's what I need. And that's just on the personal level. Now talk about the organization. What do your clients and customers need to hear from you? What do your employees need to hear from you? As a manager, how do you need to show up potentially differently for your direct reports? They may need something from you that they didn't need before. Or, as I said earlier, maybe they've always needed it, but because the situation is an amplifier and an intensifier, it's really coming to the surface that here's what they need. Be willing to have those conversations. They're not always easy. I, I mean, I, I sound like, oh, we're having these lovely conversations here at the Schuler House. They are, for the most part, and we're navigating some interesting waters, and there are some emotions there. And for the most part, we are navigating those waters with as much compassion as we can, but it doesn't mean it's always easy. The key is to be willing to do that navigation. As part of that communication piece, communicate more often than you think you should. Things are rapidly changing. As I said before, what was needed a few weeks ago is now shifting and changing. So your shifting responses to this situation, whether it's to your customers and clients or your employees or your managers, your family, whatever it is, that needs to be communicated. The self-awareness piece that I mentioned in the first piece of the model, which is about self-care, that self-awareness piece comes into play here as well. You have to be aware of what you need and what your expectations are in order to communicate those. Let's go to the third part of the model, which is determining realistic risks. And the word realistic is key here because we can all go to that fearful, oh my gosh, what if this happens place? That's not helpful. And some of those fearful 
knee-jerk reactions may not be realistic. So think about what your perception is of what's going on right now. Is it realistic? Are you thinking, I, all my services and products are in person, so I, my, my business, my organization is dead? Or I can't ask people to buy my product or service during this difficult time because they need the money. Those are perceptions that are not necessarily based in reality. There is a need for almost any product or service out there, as well as some new ones, and that's the fourth part of the model, so I'll get to that in a moment. Is whatever you're thinking, is it based in reality or is it based in fear? So self-awareness comes into this piece as well. Is what you're afraid of, and then therefore determining your actions, is it real? Shift your thinking from what resources you don't have to what resources you do have. You could be calling and checking in on customers and clients, not from a place of, hey, can you buy my services or products, but from a, how are you doing? I really want to know. Have a conversation. Let them know you care. What will come out of this and what people will remember is maybe not necessarily what you said in a conversation, but the fact that you reached out and that you cared and you were there. Looking at risks, the real risks, you have to see what are your vulnerabilities. And if, as I've said, this, the situation is an intensifier, those risks and vulnerabilities were probably already there. So say, for example, that the majority of your organization's revenue comes from one main income stream or one main client or customer or donor. Is that sustainable? Because what happens to, to your organization if that revenue stream, customer, client, donor falls off the face of the earth? That's a risk. It has nothing to do with COVID-19. It has everything to do with too many of your eggs were in one basket. Those are real risks. If you've been delivering some of your services via Zoom, as have we, then you know that Zoom is now somewhat of a risk because of their security issues. They're working on it and they've really come to the fore. But two months ago, we wouldn't have said that Zoom was a risk. Now, it could be a risk. Do we need to look at ways to shore that potential risk up. The fourth part of the model is assessing potential opportunities that you can align with. This is you being proactive and not reactive. It's the opposite of that knee-jerk reaction. You need to be asking yourself the question, what does this crisis make possible? so that you can shift into creativity and innovation. Think about what your market needs. They may have different needs in a crisis 
or they may need what you have to offer even more. What do they need in order to avoid failure? How can you make life easier for your customers? What do they need in order to overcome the challenges they're facing? We have had to go to the grocery store because we run out of our fresh stuff. And all of a sudden, we're seeing these signs pasted on the floor with markers for that six feet physical distancing we're being told to do. Some company is now making these signs that can be stuck on either with glue or adhesive or stick on whatever it is, some company is now producing probably a whole lot of these signs for a whole lot of stores. Are they taking advantage of it in a bad way? No, because it's very helpful to go to a grocery store and know where to stand. Not that we can't figure out six feet, but it's very clear where you should be. It's helpful. Whatever company it is that's producing those signs has figured out what their market needs and how they can help. So how can you offer your products and services to your market? Do you need to pivot in how you were offering before? I've been seeing all sorts of informative webinars and trainings about How do you shift from offering your services in person to virtual, like yoga teachers and physical therapists and massage practitioners, just to name a few? How do you deliver that service that you're not supposed to do in person right now? How do you pivot and shift your business in order to do that? And then... The fifth part of this model is to reassess, which is repeat that whole determining your realistic risks and assessing potential opportunities while executing that self-care and effective communication continuously. I don't mean flip-flop constantly. What are the risks? What are the opportunities? What are the risks? What are the opportunities? It's part of your business that you should always be doing. What are the risks and what are the opportunities? It's the the SWOT analysis, right? Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. This is something that you're supposed to be doing anyway. COVID-19 is just going to expose issues and problems sooner and potentially bring to the foreground opportunities sooner. So I hope that you have found this helpful. Again, none of this is new. You're just being forced in a way to look at it in a way maybe you never have. And if there's any way that we can be of service to have a conversation as long as a conversation as you need, that's what we're here because we are here to help you thrive. So 
Until next time, may you thrive.